0: Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. Song of Songs. You're like, again? Yes, it's my favorite, again. Uh, I may have shared this before. One of the reasons I enjoy going through the Song of Solomon once a year or every year and a half is because... Um, I'll go through it and I'll think, "Oh, I understand what that means," and then in a very, very quick amount of time, I go, "Oh, I don't know what that. I don't have any idea what that means. Like I'm completely lost." Plus, my marriage changes, so my wife is she's different. In the last year, we've we've we become different people on some level. Different aspects of us have changed. So I go back and I read the text again. I'm like. That's a different, That means something different than I thought it meant the first time. And so God begins to work. That's the thing about God's word, that it is living and active. That it's not so much that God's word changes, <clears throat> in as much as the revelations of the way my simple mind works, instantly, I mean, over, over, over a, a certain amount of time, I begin to see like, oh, I'm more mature now. You, you might not believe that, but I'm more mature now than previously. And so because I am, oh, I, I see this the way it should be. We are in Song of Songs, chapter seven. So much here. There's so much here. We're going to be here for like probably four hours. So you need to, <laughs> it's a joke to you, isn't it? Yeah. You may be here for four hours. Jordan. I will not be here. Is it hot in here? No? It's cold in here. Oh, it's cold in here? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Second, we're voting. It's cold, isn't it? Should have brought a sweater. Sorry. Should have brought a sweater. (laughs) Song of songs. So much information here. Let's begin Um, Chapter 7, he is speaking. Solomon is speaking. Here's what he says. How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. This is Solomon speaking to the Shulamite. If you're new, if this is your first time here with us, we're going through, we're talking about marriage, love, sex, dating, all of this. And so, the Song of Solomon is the perfect book for that. It gives us tons of information, more information than we can probably gather. Um, so, if you walk in and you're like, "What? I just get this is the first pervy church of Iola?" <laughs> no, it's not. We don't do this all the time. But you just happened to pick this week. So, calm down and stop judging. Right? <laughs> Chapter seven: How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. Solomon speaks again. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Solomon has done this twice already. He has gone to his wife and he has described her body feature by feature, starting from the head and moving down. We saw him do this on their honeymoon. And then we saw it in the the next chapter over to where he returns to his wife in... Uh, on an approach towards intimacy and he begins to spit some of, we were talked about this, begins to spit some of the same lines he was using on his honeymoon and she slams the bedroom door in his face, you know, and she's like, come up with some new material, you unoriginal piece of crap, you know, <laughs> find something, no, I'm not interested. And so, he has done this twice, he has described her body twice and he has started from the head and he's moved down. This time is different. The idea is this, Solomon has been married for quite some time. We've seen them date or meet. We've talked about attraction. We've seen them prepare for a wedding and then have a wedding. We've seen them on their honeymoon. We've seen them fight. We've seen them get to that place of reconciliation to where they said, where is Solomon? Where is your lover? And she says, oh, he hasn't gone far. He hasn't. Don't worry about where Solomon is. I know where he is. He wouldn't go far. I trust him. And now here we are getting into the golden years, the later years of their marriage. And something happens at those later years if we can endure the difficulties of marriage in our youth. When we get older, there's some things that can happen inside of our relationships. Now, how would I know this? I'm only 40. I've only been married. It'll be 17 years um, uh, this month. This is the first, right? July first? Yeah. 17 years. Yeah, it's great news, isn't it? Yeah. To be 17 years. So how in the world would I know? Here's why I know. Because the first year sucked. That's how I know. (laughs) And the second year was better. And the third one, mm, rough. The fourth one, better. Seven, uh, I don't remember it. It it was, I don't don't remember. Ten? (whistles) Ten was bad. Bad, bad, bad. And since then, it's just been on this climb will it get bad again oh, probably i mean you know me you've met her <laughs> could it fall up could it collapse and oh yeah there's a lot of things that could go wrong there's a lot of things that could... we're both damaged goods we're both bringing in some baggage as we get older i'm sure i get more annoying and talk too much she will get i don't know But if we continue to work hard and focus on God and make Christ the center of our relationship, He continues to bless us. This is what I see year after year. So here they are in these later years. And He begins to say, You know, I like the way you look. And in my mind, she's like, Oh, here it comes. Let me guess. Hair like goats coming down from Gilead. I got a horse face. The whole thing, right? Here it comes. Right? Everything we saw in chapter 1 and chapter 2, everything we saw in chapter 3, chapter 4, let me guess. I know how this goes. Twin fawns of a gazelle, right? This is where you're going with this thing next? And Solomon changes it up something fierce. No, 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 no. It's your feet. My wife, just notice. I don't know what she's wearing this morning if you see her. I don't know, but just notice. Just, Just look like that. You'll know exactly what it is. Perfect. Like they have a shape. They don't look like a hand. That's my point. Just her toes are in line. They're perfect. The foot, high arch. Does all that matter to you? No. But I appreciate it. Is it a deal breaker? Not with her, you know, but they're perfect. There's this thing that happens. Men get to this place to where they're no longer creative with their compliments. They also get to a place to where they're no longer exploring into new things that they might find attractive about their spouse. Men, this is true. You know this is true. <laughs> like we go back to the same thing, the same Solomon lines from a, uh, twin fawns of a gazelle. Okay, new material. Solomon starts from the bottom and works his way up. And he does not pick features that seem like normal features. These are private features. You have never, ever, ever seen my wife walk by in sandals and thought to yourself, what a lucky guy. That's never happened to you. But I think about it all the time. Like I'll stand up like, they're great. They're just, they don't look like hooves. They don't look like hands. They just look like, they're just, they're great. Listen, if you've got eagle talents, it's okay. Jesus still loves you. I don't, but Jesus, <laughs> Jesus does. Your graceful legs are like jewels. The work of a craftsman's hands. The word is, the word is thighs, hips. The part that most women oftentimes go, Ugh. Solomon says, perfect. Check this one out. Your navel. is like a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Of all the places that could go and could probably get you kicked completely out of the house... (laughs) There was an early rain and there was a later rain. There's the spring harvest and then there's the autumn harvest. The spring harvest is grapes, fruit, wine. The autumn harvest is wheat. What Solomon says to her is this You are the blessing from God. You see, when you live in the middle of this land that is just desert and salt water all around you, but right here in the middle, this one slip, this one slithered piece, this little bitty splinter of land in the middle of just desert and hot and sand and nothingness, and you have to wait on the rain to come. The Jews had understood this as this. If God brings the early rain, then we're doing something right. And if God brings the late rain, we're doing something right. And that's a blessing from God. We are here and we are only waiting on God. And we we only exist by God. And when they gave the rain, it was this, when God gave the rain, we are blessed. God has blessed us. Solomon says of his wife, you are the blessing from God. He doesn't leave out the next line of course the twin fawns of the gazelle your breasts are like two fawns twins of a gazelle your neck is like an ivory tower interesting your neck is like an ivory tower do you know of an ivory tower that has been built probably not can you imagine how expensive it would be Do you know what else changes with Solomon? His imagination. Do you remember what he said before? He says, let me find this. This is interesting. Your neck is like the Tower of David. He recognizes her as something that is actually there. Now he recognizes her as something that is in his mind. This is what it's like. It's imagination. You see, the depth of the relationship should change over time. To where, look. What got you amped up and excited about her before, men, might not do it for you anymore. Does that mean the relationship is over? No, you moron. No. It doesn't mean that at all. Well, I just don't feel the same. Of course you're, because you're not the same. You're not the same person. She's not the same person. You've changed. She's changed. You know what that means? Our responsibility is this for us to dig in at her and figure out what else is there. You believe God brought her into your life. If you believe that God brought her into your life, then there's got to be more there. There's got to be more there. Well, she's just, we have to dig in. That's our job. We have to dig in. Why is this really no different for you? You can look at your husband and be like, oh, this guy, he's a lump. He'll never change. You know what? That might be true. That might be true. I don't know. But I can tell you this. If you don't dig when things get hard, you're wrong. You're wrong. You have to dig even when things are good. You have to dig in. This is why they say you cultivate a relationship. You ask a farmer what cultivate means. Oh, it's something super easy. You can do it in an afternoon, right? No. No. I mean, you just get the water hose, right? And just go spray the garden a little? Things just shoot right up? No. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff that grows in there, right? No other distractions? No, you have to go pluck other things out of what you're cultivating. It's the same way with the relationship. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon by the gate of bath Rabin. Do you remember before What he would do is he would talk about her and he would say, you were kind of like a this, or it's like this. Now he's talking about, this is what you do for me. Check this out. As I understand it, Bath-Rabim, the gate of Bath-Rabim, very, very busy city. At the gate is where all the transactions take place. So imagine um, like a marketplace, just people just buzzing everywhere. You're doing all your business there. You're trying to make your money there. And then what he says is all of this tedious, monotonous, hard-working stuff goes on at this busy, busy gate. And he says, but your eyes are the pools of Heshba. by the gate of being. Your eyes are this opportunity for me to get away. I know I've told you this before. I, how many of you went home and did the challenge that I told you a few weeks ago? Any of you? You did? Anybody else? No. One? One out of a hundred? You're all terrible. Do it. It's so good. If, you, if you're new, here's the, here's the challenge. Do it. Just do it. It's great. Go home. Stare at each other in the eyeballs for two solid minutes. Is that what it was? Three? Three minutes. minutes. Because my next one, my next one's coming. It's two. (laughs) Stare in each other's eyes for three. Don't look away. Don't look at the mouth, the nose, just in the eyes. Go home. Stare at your spouse. Three minutes. Just in the eyes. The next one. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Looking toward Damascus. Again, in the Western world, we say this She is as big as a whale. All right? She's like a whale. These are the kind of things that we, he's like a broom. When we say those kind of things, what we mean is they look like this. What he is saying is your nose is like this, not looks like a tower on your face. There was this tower and it overlooked Damascus. And his point was to let everybody know if they saw Syria encroaching upon the Holy Land where all of God's people lived. And there's this tower that overlooks all of Syria. And if the enemy is coming in, then everybody would know. He says to her, your nose is like the tower of Lebanon that overlooks Syria. This is a deepening of trust. I trust that you are watching what's going on behind me. Ladies, this is a very, very important thing. Men, this is a very, very important thing. A deepening of trust should happen in the relationship. It shouldn't go the other direction. There shouldn't be reasons to distrust one another. another. He says to her, I trust you so much. I trust you so much. Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like a royal tapestry. The king is held captive by its tresses. This is Solomon. You know who holds Solomon captive? Nobody. Why? Because he's the king and he's powerful. But you know who does hold him captive? She does. We've talked about this before. The creativity and the compliments. The honesty. The vulnerability. If she is not able to hurt you, you're doing something wrong. If you don't have that vulnerability to where she is able to hurt you, you're doing something wrong. If you have been hurt inside of your marriage, inside of your relationship, by one another, which most of us have, if you have, that is a good sign. Do you understand what I mean? That there has been trust there. Now, is it a good sign that we've hurt one another? No, it's not. But you have been vulnerable. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. That means that you have loved and you have trusted, and it's important to keep your heart in that place. How beautiful you are, and oh, how pleasing. Oh, love with your delights. Your stature is like that of a palm. Okay, Steve Miller. The Steve Miller Band? You know the song? The Joker? I really love your peaches. Want to shake your tree? That's not a new line. Oh, how beautiful you are! Oh, uh, and how pleasing! Oh, love with your delights. Your stature is that of a palm, and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the tree and I will take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like the clusters of the vine. The fragrance of your breath like apples, and your mouth like the best wine. Watch this. There's another thing that happens too. Another depth in the relationship that happens. She sa- he says, your mouth like the best wine, the fragrance of your breath like apples and your mouth like the best wine. She comes in on the back side of that sentence and says, may the wine go straight to my lover flowing gently over his lips and teeth. I belong to my lover and his desire is for me. <laughs> There's a there's a deepening that happens to where the communication is in place. We also have not seen her speak like this. She doesn't get too responsive. She kind of keeps to herself. But she's now at this place to where she's finishing his sentence and she's communicating with him clearly. She says, I belong to my lover and his desire is for me. Can we talk about this for just a second? His desire is for me. I don't know this because I'm not a woman but I can tell you being wanted is important it's a basic need being wanted we all want wanted we all want accepted but then there's certain categories you're like that guy said he doesn't like you like I care about that guy that lady said she doesn't like the the way you do whatever like I care what she thinks your mom says she's really disappointed in you. I might care about that a little bit more. But if my wife were to talk trash on me, it would crush me. That relationship is too important. I want her to say positive things about me. What she says here is his desire is for me. She says, I feel so comfortable. Here's what I know about my husband. He is so wound up and cranked up about who I am, I've got zero to worry about. Two things. She said that. She said this aloud. And she feels this way. Which means <clears throat> he has done a good job of making her feel that way. And she has done a good job of being responsive and communicating these things out loud. You see, marriage is this weird deal to me to where I think I'm a good communicator. Like, I'm sure of it. Like, this is what I do for a living. I communicate for a living. I stand up in front of people and I explain things and I talk about stuff. I think I'm a good communicator. But I cannot tell you how many times inside of my marriage to where I thought I was pretty clear about what was going on and she's looking at me like, what are you talking about, Crazy man. I said, I, t- I said this to you. I told you. She's like, you never did. You never said anything. I thought I, didn't I said it in a text? No, you didn't send it- I thought it, you didn't read my mind or what was the problem? Because I think I'm a good communicator. See, we have to have this thing about us that just says, I'm going to compliment. I'm going to look for the good in this person. She says, He is always after me. His desire is for me. Here's another thing that changes. She says, come away, my lover. Three times she'll use the word lover. Verse nine, may the wine go straight to my lover. Verse 10, I belong to my lover. Verse 11, come my lover. Let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Earlier in the book, Solomon says let's get away now she says let's get away let's go spend time together you know what you ladies are really great at being mothers you're great at being mothers you're fantastic at knowing the schedule who needs a lunch if the kid eats chicken patty on Thursdays or if they need peanut butter like you you know this stuff you know where sometimes we uh, where ladies kind of go off track a little bit is the whole thing about being a mother overtakes the whole thing and we forget that we're not lovers anymore we're mothers men are no different we become fill in the blank occupation when guys meet each other for the first time you know what they say so what do you do so what do you do you know why we do that because we really don't want to talk about anything else that's really I mean. so uh, good to meet you my name's jared uh, so how's your marriage like don't talk to that weirdo he's weird it's weird you know but we do we try to keep these things surface level wives sometimes you do a really knockout job as mothers but when that becomes the whole of it let me explain it like this and this is going to sound and this isn't something that I've I was explaining this the other day I haven't shared this in a corporate setting but I'll share it now when my wife and I are good I like my kids more if my wife and I are not good I don't want them and they're great I have wonderful kids but when her and I are not good I don't want them I want to sell them or make them sleep outside. Or I don't, I, because, and it's, it's not that bad, but it's, I just, when her and I are good, they're easy to love. When all of her attention is on them, I will resent them. And vice versa. You know one of the things that I never worry about? My kids resenting me for loving their mother more than loving them. My kids will never resent me for that you know what? Dad always loved mom more than he loved us. True. 100% true. You got it right. You win the prize. Because here's the thing that I know. My kids are going to grow up and someday probably get married. And if they do, you know what I want them to do? Love their spouse more than they love their kids. When people divorce and marriages break up and marriages hit hard times, Most of the time, the reason why is because somebody did not do a good job prepping us for what's ahead. They did a good job loving us when we were toddlers and enabling us through adulthood or pandering to us as adolescents. But they didn't do a good job preparing us for what was really coming. I want my kids to know that I love them and I love them dearly. But I'm not willing to sacrifice their future just so that I can dote on them all the time. If I could give them one thing, it would be this. I will love their mother to my death. I want to just love her well. And if I love her well, then maybe I can paint a good enough picture to where when they get older, they will say, I want to be loved like mom was. That's the kind of person I'll I'll choose. That's what I want. Ladies, if you want your husband to love your kids more, love him more fair did I cross the line some of you are like I haven't decided Okay, sorry you want want him to love your kids more you want him to be more love him more I know that seems very one sided but love him more she says let's get away together let's spend the night in the village let us go early to the vineyards this is going to get really hot and heavy in a minute Really, really hot and heavy. So she's going to use a word and I'm going to say it out loud and it's going to be really awkward. Okay. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened and if the pomegranates are in bloom and there I will give you my love. That's not the part. (laughs) The next part is this. The mandrakes send out their fragrance. Can you believe that? Can you believe that she just used the word mandrakes if you were Jewish you would be going uh, I, we need to get all the kids out of this room don't say mandrakes in front of children that's just completely irresponsible don't say mandrakes here's the reason why because what she said is let's get away just me and you and don't the mandrakes smell nice This is the biggest hint in the world. Do you know what the mandrakes are? Let me explain it to you. The mandrakes are the little blue pills. It's the Jewish little blue pills. And she says, "And the mandrakes smell nice, don't they? To which if he has any sort of perception whatsoever, he's going to be like... Calm down, we're not even to the Sheridan yet, you know? (laughs) Dial it down, toots, you know? There's not another stop between here and there for... Man, the mandrakes smell nice. Ladies, this is really crazy. I had to ask my wife about this one, and we had to discuss this back and forth, her and I, yesterday, because I wanted to know. Now, I can tell you what I think it means, but I asked her... So when she says what she says, I, I agree with her, but I, I didn't say it. She said it. The mandrakes send out their fragrance. Listen to what she says. This is so, this is so good. And at our door, you and I alone, is every delicacy. And then she says this. Older lady, right? This is a, what, middle-aged Fifty maybe. Both new and old. That I have stored up for you. For the fourth time. Oh my lover. Here's what she says. Let's get away. We've got history. Me and you. We've got a rhythm. To the way that we do things. Me and you. Our intimacy has a rhythm to it. And it, it goes a certain way. And that's the old fruit she says but that's not all the fruit that's not the only fruit that I have that's old fruit I have new fruit I called my wife on the phone I was like okay I don't want to read too much into this I mean I want to read too much into this but I don't think I should read too much into this. What does this mean? Does this mean that the relationship has got a normal rhythm? That the intimacy, the marital intimacy has a certain rhythm. But then, as the relationship grows on, and it buds, and it gets better, that this part actually develops, and there's new things that appear, is this... Do you read this? Do you see this? Is this true? Is this what you get? And she says, of course. And I said, now listen, I'm playing dumb I because I think I know already. But I'm checking out. I don't want to taint the testing pool here. Is this true for us? And she said, "Well, yeah, this is true for us, to which I agree. And she goes, and I think it should be true for everyone. That if you are loving each other the right way, this also develops and grows. This gets more creative and more fun. You don't like that? Take it up with her. (laughs) But I happen to agree with her, so I'm going to defend her. Chapter 8. If only you were like a brother to me who was nursed at my mother's breast. Then if I found you outside, I would kiss you and no one would despise me. I would lead you and bring you to my mother's house. She who has taught me and I would give you spiced wine to drink, the nectar of my pomegranates. His left arm is under, his head, under my head. His right arm embraces me. Here she is again. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. First line here. Oh, how I wish you were my brother. That sounds weird. Here's why it's not. If you go to Israel and you're with your wife and you wrap your arm around your wife and you're kissing on your wife, somebody will say to you, No public display of affection between husband and wife, please. No. Don't. Don't. Culture's different. You can hold hands with your brother. You can hold hands with your dad. You can kiss your brother. You can kiss your best friend. You can walk down the road with somebody who's related to you and hold hands. You can kiss them on the cheek. You've seen it in Semitic countries to where they come up and they kiss each other. Full grown men with beards. Weird. Right on the face. And then turn and walk away. Because they love each other. They're related. Not if your husband and wife, what she says is, I wish you were my brother. I would kiss your face in public. That's how much I like you. I would just kiss your face in public. This is an older lady. She's talking about her relationship. She gets down to verse 3 and verse 4 of chapter 8. Here's what she says. His left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. You know what she has done? She's gone full circle. Full circle. Before she said that before, when she was in a relationship with Solomon and she said, no, we have to stop right here. Here is the line. We're not going to do this until we've done everything else that we need to do. We're not going to cross this line. And God continued to bless the relationship. Now here she is at the full depth of the the marital relationship and the full depth of intimacy. She turns and she looks to everybody else and she says, whatever you do, don't cross that line. Because if you wait, It will become the sweetest thing in the world. It just gets better and better with time. This is a study that can cause a lot of us to feel pain, to feel excitement to feel let down, to feel like we failed. And we've talked about this before. Here's what's true though. The words of Tommy Nelson, Jesus has always been a carpenter and it's his thing to put people back together. If you've screwed this up, if you beat it up, if the marriage is busted, if you broke something, he can put it back together. The only thing he's waiting on is you... He's just waiting on you. Don't walk out beat down, feeling condemned, feeling judged. Don't walk out feeling like a failure before God. That is not at all what we want to tell you. What we want to say is this. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to put you back together. Don't leave feeling like, oh, I can't do this. It's just, I'm done. I've ruined it. It's already broken. I can't repair it. You know what? God can bring back what the locusts have eaten. That's the promise. That God can bring back what the locusts have eaten. There's things that happen. We go through times. But he can put it all back together. We have to put ourselves in the right place. We have to put ourselves with his people, in his presence, reading his word. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for moving us and shaping us, chiseling off the parts of us, um, making us what you want us to be. We pray that you will bless our families. pray that you will bless the marriages of the people in this church. so that we can leave an impact on this community. We can leave an impact on... On, uh, our children so the people can see the gospel message inside of our relationships it's in jesus name we pray amen thanks for being here